The Very Good Adventuring Team podcast contains crass, foul, vile, terrible, immature, and mature content. Jeff Cockthunder, a Goliath Barbarian, and if you dishonor myself or my friends, my hammer will yearn for your face. This is Furitan Furcantries. I am a Dwarven Druid, and I like to find myself some nice leaves to sleep on. This is Peter McMoist. I'm a dark elf bard, and I'm the best fucking town crier in Terragard. Oh, the very good adventuring team last time! Combat with the cultists continued, and eventually, those cultists were defeated. Which is a good thing, because no one wants to start this whole thing over. Jeff is freed by his friends Peter and Fjorten. The gang begins exploring the warehouse. They find nothing of real interest. Suspiciously so, in fact. All of the boxes and bags and crates they check are completely empty. The gang wrapped up their day by going to get brisket. You guys are going to make your way to the storefront here in Terragard for Blingerstone Mineral and Metal. And you find, uh, I don't know if we ever actually established what time of day we're at at this point, but so we're going to call it, uh, we're going to say your brisket was dinner. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's probably like seven o'clock now. You decide to head on over there and check and sure enough, the lights are still on in the shop. He's still there. Counting up his coins like Scrooge McDuck or Scrooge from, what was Scrooge's name in uh, A Christmas Carol? McDuck. Ebenezer Scrooge. (laughs) (laughs) Ebenezer's a weird name. McDuck? (laughs) (laughs) Ebenezer McDuck or Scrooge? Uh, I don't know. Scrooge Ebenezer McDuck. I was thinking about weird names driving back here, like the president's names. Got Rutherford and... Millard Fillmore. <laughs> Millard is one of my favorite names. What a milk toast name. Millard. Hi, Millard. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if your name was Millard? What would you go by? Or Grovery. There's not a lot of Grovers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a monster group. Rutherford and Grover and Grover and Millard. <laughs> You arrive at the front of Blingerstone Mineral and Metal, and you see through the, uh, I imagine him to have, like, a legit, like, storefront, like, 
there's a uh, you know a door with the the bell that rings when you go through it and the the big glass windows on the front so you can look in and see uh, a long open room with people calculating and tabulating and whatnot and sorting out counting gold and gems and other precious mineral and metal and you see uh, and I, I feel like Ecolias is the kind of guy who would have not just the biggest desk not just all the way in the back but it would be on like a like a two step up raised platform so he can look over all the workers makes sense you make your way to the back of the shop there is Ecolias Blingerstone he is counting coins on his majestically higher than everyone else desk he sees you approach and uh, says, yes, 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 come, come here, come here. Have, have, a, have a seat here. You are, are still alive. I don't see the other miners with you, but I assume you took care of the issue. Yeah, we did take care of the issue with much problems. It almost killed two of us. There were, I believe, three of you when you left here, and there's three of you now. I'm, I'm not sure... You must have missed the almost there, pal. Almost, uh, all I can say is, did you die, though? No, I guess we did not. I'd love to see a character that's halfway between, uh, what's his name from the movie? Which movie? Um, fucking, where's the oil man? Oh, There um, will be blood. Um. There will be blood. Daniel Plainview. Daniel, Daniel Plainview. Plainview. My name's Daniel Plainview. A character that's halfway between Daniel Plainview and uh, um, the dude from the the Hangover movies. Did you die though? Oh, I love that guy. The Galapagos? No, no the, Andrew. The guy that's a doctor in real life. Oh, he co-hosts yeah, yeah. the Mass Singer. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, he's super annoying on that show. He's also super annoying on Community, but an essential character in a weird way. Also, the guy who's a real doctor guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is he a doctor or a dentist? He was a doctor. Doctor? Wasn't a fan of his stand-up either. He Good was, side character. He's Senior Chang on uh, Community. Yes. And that meme where he's looking at the tiny little sheet of paper. That's one of the best. Community, by the way, for all of our listeners at home. Great show. Fifth season where they fired Dan Harmon temporarily. The worst one. But if you make it through it, he comes back. Never watch an episode. Oh, it's super good. It is. Yeah. The paintball episodes, over the fucking top. So amazing. The D&D episode was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, uh... Shit, what's his name? David Cross. David Cross does an awesome job. Well, no, wait, they did two D&D episodes, and David Cross is in the second one, along with Malcolm McDowell. Mm-hmm. Was that David? David Glover? Because I was thinking Daniel Glover and then... Um, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. This is America? Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I expect you're expecting payment for the remainder of the services rendered. I believe I've already paid you half up front. And he returns to his side of the desk and begins counting out some coins. I would like to know, uh, does he plan going back to this mine? You're going to ask him that? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't even look up when you ask him about going back, and he says, of course. Oh, okay. How much, uh, just kind of thinking long term, how much one of these, uh, mines run if, let's say, somebody was going to, uh, invest in, uh, you know, one of the smaller mines around here? He says, well, invest worth, uh, invest or purchase on your own. You're looking to 
invest in my company? I think we'd just like some points. Hmm. I would, yeah, I'm trying to do more of a... I don't want to try to act like I'm competing with them. More of a, you know, invest and see what we can get out of a partnership down the line. And be being kind of more of experienced in mines, I feel, could be an asset. I think you'll find if you're a competitor of mine, I will drink your milkshake. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I said nothing of com- competition. Let's keep it on topic. All right, let's... Uh, they should have let you in a... <laughs> What did they say? What can you they tell sh- us about drainage? <laughs> they should have kept you in a glass jar glass on the mantle plate. Glass <laughs> You're to trying to p- compete with me, you should be in a glass jar. Next to the placenta. I drink it up. But I would ask him, and then, uh, because it didn't seem like it was that large of a mine, how, for investing in one of the smaller operations. A hundred thousand gold. Not even gonna break. Okay. This guy has a hundred thousand gold, and he's gonna pay us how much? Not a hundred thousand gold. Not a hundred thousand gold. We're never working for this guy again. I say we go break up one of his other mines. Let's go get his. Let's see how much he's gonna pay us first. Well, let's get. Mm. Yeah, let's get out of here first, and then we can start talking about this stuff. <laughs> well, he's gonna pay you the other half, so you guys are each gonna get another twenty gold. Uh, he counts those piles out. He doesn't even give you a bag. He just slides the gold across, assuming you've got your own coin purse. <laughs> throws it on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Piece of shit. I know. He doesn't throw it on the floor, but he does. Uh, he does like slide across, you know, like two little stacks of ten to each of you, like a like a poker dealer at the casino, and says, "Now I believe our business is concluded." <sighs> you know, didn't want to know what, what was in the mine. Is it still there? It can be. <laughs> Not in this mine, anyway. If it's still there, then I believe I need a return on the payment I just made to you. No, no, no. This, it is, the, the problem's gone for now. Then my problem is gone. Okay. Well, most of it, anyway. This is kind of a bigger guy in town, so I, I would, well, thank you for your business time. And I would leave. <laughs> Just leave you two hanging. Did you just say your business? (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. Have you you seen the show? Business. It's business. Gotta put on my business socks. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking fly to the concord. Fly to the concord, Zip. You remind me like Charlie Day or something like that. Thank you for your business time. <laughs> exactly Do you suppose what they really was. have pirates behind there? <laughs> you see it, then you turn the, the Coors light on. Charlie, who <laughs> <Yeah>. says closed. <laughs> I have never watched the entirety of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I do. I've watched enough of the clips. The Charlie uh, illiteracy <laughs> clips? Yeah. <laughs> illiteracy, what does that even mean? Like, <laughs> Bertrand's pretending to be a lawyer. Ah, oh, that guy. Anyway, so you guys are taking your leave of Blingerstone Mining. Yes? Anything else you wanted to do? You know, knock anything off anybody's desk on the way out? No, I was going to do like an intimidation thing, but I mean, this guy, he's a big name. He has connections, so not the time. I'm just going to tell you that this is not a person, and I think I'm, I'm telling you specifically this because you've dealt with him enough in the past, this is not a person that you guys could intimidate. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you like, if Jeff stood up, took out his war hammer, 
and poised to smash down his head, he would just look up at you like, well? Nah, not yet. Not yet. Oh. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy, or are you going to bite? That's the kind of response you would get from trying to physically intimidate this this sort of person. And you guys would well know this, that uh, Blingerstone Mineral and Metal is one of the bigger industries in this town. He controls a great deal of the industry and everything that goes along with it. So not an individual that a couple of <laughs> level four characters are going to fuck with. Yeah. And you are far cry from invincible. I don't like this guy as a jerk off, but uh, there's nothing more to be gained here. Mm-hmm. I try to be poised to profession professionalism when seen and dealing with business transactions so Sorry, I, say, I too thank you for your business time and then i storm out <laughs> <laughs> that's gotta be the the new fucking that's, i thank you for your business time that's that's the episode title thank you for your business time <laughs> I think we've wasted enough of our smirgins. Thank you for your business time. I'm not going to spend one smirgin more in here. <laughs> well, all right. You guys have received your 20 GP each. And it is now, let's call it 7.30 p.m. You're outside. Does, you know, random thought for just a moment. Does the rest of the world use military or what we in America call military time, like the 24-hour clock? Are we the only ones that do that? Wait, what are you asking? In, like, like real world? Yeah, like, does, oh. does everybody not America, which is most of the world, use the 24-hour clock? I feel like, you know, they're all smart using the metric system and what have you. I believe they do. I mean, we're still measuring things in, like, you know ducks and buckets and shit here in america the funny thing i saw is that we we uh the only thing we measure in metric is ammunition yeah (laughs) (laughs) i saw that the other day that was awesome hey we're gonna start using the metric system oh that's awesome but just for bullets (laughs) you are out in the streets of terragard it's 7 30 it's early summer, though, so it's still pretty bright out. Uh, you guys got some daylight left. You can choose to spend it how you like. But hey, having completed the quest I deemed Missing Jeff, because you all missed him so much mm-hmm. while he was away, that removes one of the three items that were on the job board, taking us down to two. The two remaining items on the job board are Frogtastic. Page of the Wilder People has a job for y'all. They need some giant toad sacks. Travel the swamps called the Deadbracken Mines, uh, sorry, Deadbracken Myers, north of Terragard, and return with some sacks. And there's also a quest called Round Two. Jeff, sometime in the past X number of days, you received a note from your friend of Ferris Thurmond. He has another fight lined up for you with Fight Group. Ooh. Yes. So you can either fight people or you can fight frogs. Gather frog sacks. You know what I vote for? Fighting? Are y'all rejuvenated from space docking? Maybe we better sleep. Better sleep. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm cool with that. What if it's the afternoon? Yeah, when do these fights take place? Are they, like, secret? 
like bare knuckle fights or like oh yeah bare knuckle boxing always happens at night and underground when is this fight night at uh whenever the plot conveniently lets it be i was gonna go on the man dragon juggle warhammers for coins but you're gonna go out and busk Mm -hmm. a goliath busker (laughs) (laughs) uh please somebody in the D &D world make a new character class busker Uh, so you guys have the two quest choices as mentioned available to you. One referred to as round two, the other referred to as frogtastic. Both of these quests, uh, I'm going to give you some leeway on time. So if you guys want to take a rest and heal up, you can do that. I'm going to be doing this by, uh, you'll probably see some of the other joys under the midnight stars. I'm going to go to the gravy holes and just do a nice little mud bath. Well, it's not—it's more of a gravy bath, but you know, just relax. A gravy bath. Wait, do we have gravy holes? <laughs> I don't recall what? gravy holes. Did you just make that up? No, we've, no been... we've had gravy. That's where the gravy melons sit. Yeah, there's gravy kinda holes like, with cr- gravy melons. Yeah, kind of like dangerous. Cramp, like... So you can take a bath in there. I mean, I'm—that's artistic license, man. You don't even need to use a plot point for that. All right. Well, actually, I'm gonna make a plot point. What people don't know at midnight, people go. All the dwarves go out there. Play, play gravy ball. You think? <laughs> I don't know if I want to ask. But what happens when you play gravy ball? It's kind of like water polo, but yeah, just a bunch of dwarves. Is it secret? And a, it is. Is there, of, is there dwarf onlookers? What? Yeah, it's like a whole dwarven kind of under underbelly. It's like a secret sport. Under, <laughs> underground gravy gravy ball. Yeah. Midnight Club Gravy Ball. <laughs> First rule of Gravy Ball. <laughs> Don't talk about Gravy Ball. Okay, I so, just I learned two new things. I saw a funny meme the other day. Like the first rule of condescending club is you probably wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually. I don't think I don't think it's secret. It only happens like I'd say it's like the great gravy competition. And oh, it happens uh, like once or tw- once a year. Uh, every full moon. How about oh yeah, every yeah. full moon. Every full moon. Yep. Everybody, all the dwarves go out and uh, they play for a. Mm-hmm. It's a, a gravy ball championship, and then there's like a grave. There's a gravy ball trophy that mm-hmm. gets held to the next full moon. But it's okay. it's like it's like the traveling white elephant kind of gift, like. Like, it's something that you're proud to have on your mantelpiece for as long as you have it, but it's, like, horrible. It makes no sense. Like, there's no real value to it. What? So what's... All right. So what's the objective of Gravy Ball? Because what I was thinking was that all of the Dwarven Gravy Ball players have to have, like, these special leather pants, and you have to get... You have to get as much gravy into the pockets of these pants as possible. (laughs) Well, I mean, a ball has to but, come into play. I say, well, that's, it, what, it only, that'll be the second. It's like Quidditch, you know. <laughs> like there's like 16 things happening at the same time. But it only makes yeah. This point only happens if uh, dwarves have a certain amount of gravy in their pockets. I mean, that's when you get the point. If if you don't have enough gravy in your pockets, or if it's all like distributed on the left side, it doesn't count. So you so all of your teammates are trying to put gravy. Or wait, wait. All right, wait, wait. Let's think about this for a second because this is important. Are your teammates trying to get gravy into your pockets or out of your pockets? So like, are because I feel like it'd be, I feel like it makes more sense when I think of sports and how little sense most sports make to me. I feel like it makes more sense 
that the opposing team is trying to get gravy out of your pants or wait or in this sounds yeah I, terribly uncomfortable Mag like imagine like uh having like leather chaps on <laughs> and then like running through a i don't know what is this like a cranberry farm or a gravy melon farm yeah a gravy hole a gravy gravy hole bog is pretty much what it is and uh I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably scrap the, 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 because you wouldn't be able to like pass someone a ball, get through the hole, and like everybody check your pockets. Do you have gravy? No, no, wait. How about, how about this? Your team is trying to get as you can't put gravy in your own pockets. Your team has to get as much gravy as possible in your pockets, and then when you score a goal, which is achieved, you know, back in the early days of the sport. And it is a noble sport with a long tradition. But back in the early days, they actually played with a gravy melon. Wait, I got it. I got it. Okay, go ahead. All right. The opposing team puts gravy in your pockets because that slows you down. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have an empty... It's like waiters. Like, your waiters are all empty. And then they're always... Everybody's trying to put gravy into your pockets. Well, see, I was going to say your goal only counts if you had a full, like, britches full of gravy. Because then it'd be harder to score the goal. So, like, it only counts if you got a britches full of gravy. All right. I feel like it would be a capture the flag kind of thing. Like, there's a gravy ball in each gravy hole. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever can capture all the other team's gravy balls first. You know, dwarves typically are associated with, like, a bunch of clans. A bunch of competing clans. And so, yeah, maybe there's, like, a basket... With a, it originally was a gravy melon, and every every like clan had their own basket with a gravy melon in it, and you had people defending the gravy melon, and you had people trying to steal the gravy melon. They had to defend their fields, and it came out of that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's always some weird like practical reason why traditions exist, yeah. and usually at night, and it always happened at like midnight. But I mean, like on a full moon, so you can be able to see what's going on more clearly. So. That's why it happens every full moon. Well, you don't want to fall unexpectedly into a gravy hole. No, you right? don't. So you learn. You learn as a young dwarf how to spot gravy holes mm -hmm. by the light of the full moon. How many how many teams play at the same time? As many clans as you have. So there could so every and every clan gets a gravy ball and their own gravy hole? Yeah. Alright. Well the gravy basket. Well wait, wait. You've you've got a melon, you got a gravy melon and a melon basket. And then everybody's in one gravy hole. Well, you're everybody's trying to get somebody else's <laughs> gravy melon into the central basket, right? But everybody's in a gravy hole, like right. Like the gravy the, holes the, are like the traps. How, how big are gravy gravy holes? Then when you because you and said it was the like gravy melon is in the central basket, they're out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a last man standing game. So once if your gravy melon is taken and it gets put into the central basket, then your team is out. Oh. And the Because you said it was like kind of like polos. And yeah, I was picturing it was like one large field of gravy melons, and it was like water polo. So you're trying to get your gravy melon to the other side. And the and big bog is the gravy hole? Yes. All right, that's what I thought. That's what I, I, mean, was, I was thinking. Picturing. I was thinking about the other side thing, but if you're going to have a bunch of families playing at the same time, there's got to be like a central, like, you know, operating on a radius as opposed to just a straight up like back and forth field. Well, it could be, um, yeah, it'd have to be, you'd have to gravy basket in the middle of the gravy hole 
And all the teams could be like around the edges of the gravy hole. That's what I was thinking. All right. And so you're. But I'm just clarifying on the terminology that everybody's in the gravy hole. Yeah, everybody. It's like a big smorgasbord of great like dwarves in this gravy hole. Right. Well, the great. So the gravy holes are the individual hazards. Oh, you're in the you gravy laugh. melon oh. field. Okay, so we were picturing this differently. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, so let, okay, let's just scrap what lot of this. Hey, this is yours, so you can say whatever this. That's true. That's true. I don't. I don't have to own this. I'm the DM. I made the entire rest of the world. <laughs> well, I mean, just looking at where are, just a second, the gravy melons. I mean, if you look at it on the thing, it's one big field, and that's why I figured it was kind of a polo kind of thing. And it is a long, it is a long rectangular long, field. A long rectangular field. And well, so, let's go. Let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to what Jeff said, um, because I do like, like when you go back to like the original Olympic, you know, Olympic games. All the things that happened in the Olympic games were based on some real life, you know, hunting or warrior or whatever skill. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this this would be an ancient game. The game the game of gravy ball is an ancient and proud tradition with its roots so far back in dwarven history where the dwarves were defending their gravy melons from intruding what were they, what were they defending their gravy melons from? I'd say the other clans, no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there, this was back before there was cultivated gravy melons. Uh-huh. It was just, there were gravy melon fields and there were wild dwarves. And so let, let's think about the game in that context. How would you make a impractical sport out of the practical skill of defending your gravy melons from, uh, from other dwarves? Maybe all of the melons, all of the melons are in like, in the field. And for the sport, they push them all to the center. And all the dwarves make a mad dash to try and get those gravy melons and get them back to their own basket. And then to weigh down the other team, because I, I don't know why, I gotta get a huge kick out of this. You love this gravy in the pants thing. That they have gravy pants that are just like, they have these big like like sacks on the side. And so you can try and stuff as much gravy, because that shit's heavy. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to fill up gravy in your opponent's pants to get, keep them so they can't run as fast. Alright, so it's kind of like a, it's almost a, a dodgeball retrieve rather than a throw. Yeah, yeah, you're not throwing them, you're, you you wouldn't waste the food. Mm-mm. So you have like people trying to put gravy in your pants and other people trying to dig it out of your pants? So Your own teammates are digging in your pants, the enemy team is pushing shit so in you, your you pants. So you just have de- designated designated graviers and designated... <laughs> <laughs> we call those the ladlers. Ladlers, yeah. We have designated ladlers and designated, uh, designated stealers. Uh, I think it'd be ladlers, squeezers, and runners. And the squeezers are the guys trying to squeeze gravy out of their, their teammates' pants. I'm in. Because you can't scoop it out. Yeah. You gotta, like, you gotta like grab them by the leg and, <laughs> and squeeze it up like a toothpaste tube. Oh, and that's the pants. The pants are tied off at the ankle. (laughs) And it's like fucking clown pants. And so people can just throw gravy into that fucking clown pants. Just like wearing suspenders. Yep. Just like no shirt on, suspenders. Oh, like all a fucking old weird like German mm. traditions. It's like nobody's wearing any clothes that isn't necessary to the sport. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then like, yeah, dwarves are definitely like body neutral towards each other. So women, men, everyone's in the same field, just going haywire. <clears throat> there are the ancient and traditional nipple wrappings. <laughs> For all to be. Yeah, yeah both genders, yeah. all genders, everybody yeah. gets nipple wrappings because you don't want to hurt a nipple on a, on a gravy melon game. Yep. Or so, gravy ball game. Gravy ball caught on an errant ladle. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, man, what if they... they... <laughs> They're actually playing with ladles. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, <laughs> they give each other a hard whack. <laughs> That's actually, I would, I'd be down for that. Yeah, it would yep. be ladles. It'd be small ladles, so you can't do like hurt someone with a huge whack, but they would slap each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, they try and do, they try and do. It's like hockey. You can't do like what do they call that? High sticking, like no, no ladles above the waist. So you kind of want a little gravy to pad, mm-hmm. you know, for for ladling. Yeah, I'm totally meeting up with my clan tonight just to go over practice moves. You got to get the, yep, get the playbook ready. This may be the weirdest thing we've come up with. Oh, yeah. And it's my plot point will probably be about a gravy melon. I don't know why, but I keep yeah, coming yeah. back to it. Get fans, how is your day? My day is super great because I see that we got a new review, and I want to share that review with all of you. This Celery writes, Long-time listener, first-time iPhone owner. I've loved this podcast since I first listened to it. I've had Android for the longest time, so since I got an iPhone, now I knew I absolutely had to leave a review for my boys. I never knew much about Dungeons and & Dragons, and I honestly thought it was dumb. How could playing make-believe be fun? Turns out, it's a rad time. These guys turned me on to D&D to the point where I created a Twitter account to let them know how dope they are. Then I started playing D&D with some friends, and it's all because of these guys. They're immature and gross and hilarious and fantastic. Do yourself a favor and listen to them immediately. So, that's great advice, and hopefully more people take this fantastic advice. Thanks so much for leaving us a review, friend. I remember when I got that message on Twitter, actually. I was sitting in my friend's backyard at a barbecue, and then suddenly there was this fantastic message from a fantastic person. Mr. Zisellery, it's a pleasure having you as a listener, and I'm super pumped you got a group together to enjoy this fantastic game. Truly, D&D has been a staple for me for most of my life. Even when I couldn't play, which honestly has been most of the time because finding groups was a lot harder before the internet, we had uh, we had the novels and the rule books and and all the rest of it. I just love this crap. I just I just fucking love it. Okay, not ashamed of it. I love it. Anyway, we're super happy you're here. Thanks for the review, friends. If you happen to get an iPhone and feel like leaving us a rating and or review in Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, we would be super grateful. So grateful, in fact, that we will read your review in the earliest possible mid roll that we can because we love it so much. I try not to beg you for it in every single mid-roll because, you know, who wants to listen to that? In my own podcast listening experience, I can tell you that ads and super long distracting mid-rolls where they go on and on and on about how you could help the podcast, well, it just frustrates the crap out of me. 
Especially if, like me, you mostly binge your way through a long back catalog, as I'm sure tens of people could be doing with this show right now. So, you know, we try to keep the self-promotion to a minimum. Which is why it's so important that you go out and leave us a review right now so we don't have to bother you about it later. Cool, okay? Cool, thanks. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. One final thing is that I wanted to apologize about the weird audio quality artifacts you're hearing in the background of this episode. Especially when I'm talking. I was experimenting a little with equipment setup and it did not go well. Don't worry though, I learned my lesson and after the end of this episode you won't hear it again. And with all of that, let's get back into the action. So, having rescued Jeff, eaten some food, satisfied with your day, you're going to go back to your fellow dwarves here in town, the, the mighty, the mighty Firkin Trees clan, and you're going to uh, go over your gravy ball strategies. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a big rough night, got to rest still, but... Is it like, is there like one person in town that's super serious about it, or is that Fjorten? Oh yeah, it's it's definitely Fjorten. It's kind of uh, kind of doing the team captain. Fjorten's the the gravy ball captain for mm-hmm. the uh, Firkin Trees clan for this year. It switches. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It passes down whoever I mean, whoever is top gets to choose the next, you know, the next up and comer. I would say, but are you drawing like the X's and O's and the arrows like the the strategy diagram? Oh, for sure. All right, this guy, this year, guys, I think we're really gonna win it. Mm-hmm. I've got an idea for the flying V. <laughs> the flying V. I'm trying to get like custom made ladles this year <laughs> for the best scoopage and slapage. Of course you want the best. The... I was trying to think of a play on Nimbus 2000 and all I could think of was the, the Globby 2000. <laughs> the Globby 306. Well, all right. Well, that's what that's what uh, our dear friend Fjorten Firkentries is doing with... Uh, with his evening of rest. Jeff, what are you doing with your evening of rest? Uh, or, or perhaps not rest? I'm just resting. Like I gotta, hopefully, like I saw the job board, I want to get in that fight. And I need to get my wits about me. All right. Peter, how about your evening? What are you going to do with your resting, not resting? How do you want to go about this? Um, I got paid with a little money, and I've been making quite a bit more money lately than... Uh, I usually have, and um, uh, I think I want to go like uh, gamble a little bit. I'm not sure what kind of uh-huh. actions out there, but um, right on. So uh, I'm actually going to take advantage of this opportunity, and we are going to um, maybe, maybe I'm going to bet on the on the gravy melon on the gravy melon game. Well, they're just practicing tonight, although that's going to happen. All right. I'm going to come up with some rules for fucking... I think I can just kind of adapt the rules that I had for that catch the pig game, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Wait, and just to... Wait, is it is a, is the sport officially called gravy hauling, or what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it is now. <laughs> it was gravy ball, but now it's gravy hauling. 
Here we are at the big gravy holing tournament. <laughs> I th you know, I think that the uh, that's it's going to be one of those breaks with tradition sort of thing. Like, like the people that are really into it call it gravy holing, and like the you know the the people that are trying to be more proper call it gravy ball. But you know, the real working class, the salt of the earth kind of people are like, "Are oh, you going gravy holing this weekend?" <laughs> Um, well, anyway, so I found some, uh, I found some, a, a different set of gambling rules. So if everybody remembers from the last campaign, we came up with some rules for playing pogs and it was a very, uh, sort of tit for tat one-to-one -one role. Um, and I've got to admit as much as I enjoyed those rules for the purpose that they served, it was, it was real short lived. There wasn't a lot of tension and build to that game. Uh, so I, I did some research, so I did some research and I found some new rules and, uh, I think these were originally attributed as Knucklebones rules. Um, so we're going to play Knucklebones, or at least as we're going to call it Knucklebones, I'm probably fucking up somebody's version of those rules. So here's how the game is played in like role play, you know, IRL sort of thing. It's basically jacks. So what you do is you've got a ball and a bunch of bones and you throw the bone on the ground, or the, sorry, you, th you throw the bones down and then you bounce this ball and with the same hand that you threw the ball with, you have to pick up a number of bones. So you start off with uh, throwing the ball down and the first person has to pick up one bone and then catch the ball with the same hand. And the second person has to throw the ball down pick up two bones, and then catch the ball with that same hand. So there's an increasing level of difficulty, which will be represented in our game as an increasing DC on a dice roll, played with dexterity. And, well, I wanted to make the description more exciting, but that's pretty much that. Okay. So, so am I looking for some back alley knucklebone action? I think you are. I think you are. And here's how we're going to do this to keep all people at the table engaged. Sam... Who normally plays Fjorten? I want you to tell me you're gonna you're gonna pretend to be a, a back alley knuckle bones gambling denizen. What's your what's your knuckle bones character? Give me a give me a name and a like a little a little something a little something something. <clears throat> and you're next, so get yourself ready. Okay. Um. Two eyed Jack. One eyed Steve. Three nipple Trish. Three nipples. Three nipples. <laughs> <laughs> it always comes back to the the nipple. Yeah, yeah. Hot, we have the we have the nipple rule, the hot, third nipple rule. Hot, hot, hot pocket, Paul. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna play hot pocket, Paul. Because <laughs> we can't fucking waste that. I think hot pocket Paul is the guy that runs the. Uh, the underground knuckle bones uh, game that you're going to this evening and hot, hot <laughs> fucking hot pocket Paul. Uh, hot pocket Paul is a is a nine year old halfling um, who is uh, um, let's see here. Hot Pocket Paul identifies as male during the summer and female the rest of the year. And uh, 
always has a always has a shiv with them. That's um, that's my detail for Hot Pocket Paul. Did we we didn't get even use a snake blumpkin yet? Did we? No, that's coming. Oh, okay. That's reserved though. So, well, it's a name that I know is going to be out there, but it, you it's, let let them come up with their own names. They right, I'm just trying. Sorry, trying to help. So, Hot Pocket Paul's running this circuit, and uh, Sam, who are you playing? My name will be Elbow DeMeo. Elbow DeMeo. People call me Elbows. He's like a guy who's super serious about bones, but he always does stupid techniques, like tries to hit it off his elbow and stuff. He's like, it's technique. It's worked for me for several years. But he's... Guy's got skill. He's got skills. He likes to do flash more than cash. Is that even legal? That's not even a legal move. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was rules in this game. I mean, yeah, there's there's rules. I mean, I did. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's why he never plays. No. All right. Tell us about who's, who is Jeff, who is normally played by Josh. Josh, who is Josh playing instead of Jeff in this Knucklebones game? Twisty Shanks. Ooh. Give me, tell me a little bit about Twisty Shanks. What's their story? Uh, he's a dim-witted, uh, uh, violent little fucker. Got his name from stabbing people with corkscrews. Piece of shit. And then I wrote down dimwit violent corkscrew stabber. Okay, so here's how this here's how this game is played. For elbow and twisty, you guys, uh, and for hot pocket Paul, uh, they don't need to track anything about cash. But um, Peter, you're gonna need to track your cash. I'm going to say that for every game, the minimum stakes are one gold. Whatever you want to bet, the others will match. And uh, the way the game works is, starting from uh, whoever is the first player in that game, they roll for a DC 10 dexterity check. The next person, if that person succeeds, will roll a DC 11. If that person fails, they're out of the game, so it's a survival game. And then that DC 10 rolls to the next person. I think I described that in the most obtuse way possible, so I'm going to try one more time. It is a game of elimination. The first player is going to start with a DC 10 dexterity roll. If they fail, that same roll passes to the next person. If they succeed, the next person gets basically plus one. So the next roll will be 11, next roll will be 12, next roll will be 13. And last person standing wins the pot of money. In the uh, in the fucking All right. hole. So if I bet ten gold, then there's going to be thirty gold in the pot. That would be the way of the the hustle. Ten gold is what I'll bet. Fucking shit. So you put ten gold, and actually it's forty gold because I'm playing too. Oh, hot pockets playing? Fucking hot pocket always plays. Yeah, hot pocket Paul. Are we all young people? Is that the jest? Well, I think you get you get to pick. I think Hot Pocket Paul is is nine years old for no fucking reason at all. Hot Pocket Paul is an orphan that's just making their way in the mean streets of Terragard. I was thinking we're all street urchins. Um, it would be super weird uh, if if Peter was <laughs> fucking hustling a bunch of street urchins. But I'm super into it if that's oh, yeah, what you guys want to do. We're fighting. We're fighting uh, the the fox. The fox. The fox children. The fox children. <laughs> what you doing, Peter? Oh, I'm going to go fuck over the street kids for a while. <laughs> I'm going to fuck over the orphans. <laughs> All right. Um, Elbow, do you want to play a You want to play it? You want to play a child? He just like What's the what's the He has like a bomber jacket on. Well, no, no, not the bo- Is that the long one? 
like the long uh, bomber jacket is typically waist length. Maybe I'm just thinking trench. a trench coat. Yeah, he just has a a trench coat, and he just like puts it over his like chest area. He's like elbows never backs down. So are you are you a, a child orphan in the Fox Children, or oh, yeah. are you another adult? Uh, no. How how old is Elbow? Elbow is going to be eleven years old. And how old how old is Twisty Shanks? Thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, you're the the elderly. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. Did we make it weird for you? <laughs> That's a little weird now. <laughs> Stabs you, I will. <laughs> We're gonna play some fucking dice. You're a 13 year old with a reputation for stabbing people with corkscrews. <laughs> You're going down, gray pubes. <laughs> I mean. The only way I could feel good about because I'm like, you know, the town crier, so I know the streets. Man, right? man, all this quibbling. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think the only way I'd be cool with it if I just, these, I fucking hate these kids. It's like, <laughs> I think you do. Oh, we're mouthy little shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we are. All right. <laughs> he just points at you all the time. Also, didn't we have, didn't, weren't we crossed with them earlier in our other running with them? You, uh, it, it didn't go like good or bad. It just kind of happened. Okay, so, um, <laughs> all right, so the first thing we need to establish out of this, other than these amazing characters fleshing out the Fox children, because it's fucking, that's just the best. Uh, we need to establish modifiers. And so to give a fighting chance, what I'm going to have Hot Pocket Paul. Elbow DeMaio DeMaio? DeMaio? DeMaio. DeMaio. Let me let me I used an E and it should be an A. Elbow DeMaio and uh Twisty Shanks are each gonna roll a D6. And then that's gonna be your modifier. I got a fucking plus five. Elbow's got a three. Twisty got a one. Twisty, you're gonna be in the mood to stab people. <laughs> uh and then for Peter, you're going to use your um, dexterity modifier for this, which is three. Oh man, I'm gonna. That's this is why Hot Pocket Paul runs the game with a plus five. He's fucking rocking everybody. Jesus, he's got like twenty dexterity. Basically, yes. This is a this is the most dexterous child you've ever seen. And that's not even. That's like he could have rolled a six, so then he would be like the most dexterous person yeah. in the world. Yep, and uh, you know, I'm gonna throw out there the fact that he's a halfling, that he's got the lucky feet where he can re-roll ones. Jeez. Oh my goodness. Alright. Okay, so grab grab. Can I change my bet now? Yeah, I did. Fuck no. (laughs) You knew what you were getting into, except you didn't know what you were getting into. (laughs) Yeah. Does um, Peter, does he know the Fox children well like that? I mean, does he know, like, the abilities of the other guys? I think he knows who wins and who loses typically. Okay. So it's funny, actually, that you've got a plus three because this ends up with Hot Pocket Paul being somebody that wins probably 10% more of the time. Um, and then you've got Twisty Shanks that loses probably 10% more of the time. And then Elbow, who's about equal. So you've got a fairly even playing field with people not dramatically better or worse than you. So this actually worked out really well. Okay. All right. So... Uh, and then we're all going to, let's just, let's just do a straight up D20 roll from all of us. No modifiers. And that'll determine who goes first. I got a 16. 17. 6. 9. All right. Twist. Oh my Lord. (laughs) That's the sound of the bell. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, here we go. Twisty, you are going to make the first roll. So to bounce this ball uh, and catch one bone, uh, you need to give me a d20 roll with your modifier of plus one and beat a 10. 21. You easily, easily pick that up. You're so fucking good in this game. Uh, Hot Pocket Paul grabs the grabs the ball. Uh, that is a 19. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, so that's over to you, Mr. Peter. You've got to beat a... What are we up to now? 12? 23. You I rolled a perfect. You are still in. Well done. Damn. You did it with style and grace. I look at all these kids. Fuck you, you little shits. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking flipping off a bunch of orphans. <laughs> Uh, over to elbow. Uh, do you prefer elbow or, or elbows? Elbows. Oh, yep. I, I forgot to write down the S. Over to elbows. You've got to beat a thirteen. All right. Eighteen. Eighteen. Very good. Uh -oh. Back over to twisty. You got to beat a fourteen. Two. Ooh, twisty is out. I'll fucking cut the lot of ya. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that means I've got to do a 14 as Hot Pocket Paul. Oh, motherfucker, that's a 9. Hot Pocket is wow. out. Whoa. Uh, that puts it over to a 14 for Peter. No. I'm out. Uh, I rolled an 11. All right, last man standing is Elbows. Wow, Elbows. with one roll. Elbows walks away with the pot. Yeah, I mean... But there was like a little more dramatic build to this, mm -hmm. right? Like, he can win by default or he doesn't, he has to roll. It's last man standing. That's mm. it. Everybody else went out. Or, or if he rolls and he fails, then everybody has One to put in. One I'll tie. Double yeah. pot. Double pot. Everybody has to put in again. Oh, shit. I like that rule. All, All right. That's right, so what I got to beat. Um, uh, so you got to beat a 14. Mm -hmm. And if you, so, so make sure I understand this right. So if he beats a 14, he gets the pot. If he fails to hit a 14, everybody puts in again, and we start over. Yep. Fucking A. I love that. Let's do it. So he reaches around, and he does a flash, but he actually just puts more money down onto the table. He's like, ah, oh, we're going around again. Oh, shit. He kind of has a Batman voice, I guess. <laughs> a fucking 11-year-old with the Batman voice? It was a hard, hard life smoking. Study where we were seven. Uh, we go another round. I hate you, Elbow. <laughs> well, you love Elbow right now for failing that roll because all your money's still there. That's true. We're up to 80 gold in the pot right now. By the way, make sure you're minusing. You are now at minus 20. I know. You're going. It's getting expensive. I don't know how long I can keep this up. <gasps> I wonder how it would feel to get stabbed in the elbow by a corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> You'll never reach Elbow's elbows. <laughs> and by elbows, I mean right. my heart. Do we roll again to see who goes first? Uh, no, I think it's just going to keep going around in the circle, so we're back to Twisty. On uh, 19. 19 is a success. Going over to Hot Pocket to roll the 11. Oh, fuck. Hot Pocket's out right away with a mere 9. Wow. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was a 7. It's almost good to go last in this game, then. So then I have to beat an 11? And you have to beat an 11 to stay in. Gotcha. Uh, that's a 12. Just barely gets it. There's a little bit of a fumble as you grab this, the uh, the second bone, but you make it up there over to elbows. 
Gotta be a 12. 15. 15. Over to Twisty. Three. <gasps> oh, fucking Twisty is out. Down to Elbows and Peter. Oh, man. So I have to beat a 15? Uh, no, you have to beat a 12. Oh, I have to 12. Okay. <laughs> uh, 14. 14. Mm. That's a success. I Back over to Elbows. Gotta be a 13. I hate you. Oh, 23. 23. That's a success. Back over to Peter. You gotta be to 14. I like the escalating tension of this mm -hmm. game. I'm not gonna beat a 14. Yeah, you are. Come on. Well, not with that kind of attitude, I guess. I Holy know. crap, I did it. I got a 16. Fucking right. Back over to elbows. Gotta be to 15. Elbows really shaking his elbows now. <laughs> 20. 20. All right. Back to uh, Peter, you gotta beat a 16. 17. Ooh, oh, fucking right. Back to elbows, gotta beat a 17. <gasps> Five. Yeah! He just like, just whips his cape around, darkness falls on elbows tonight. And then he just walks off pouting. Oh, don't, don't walk off pouting yet, because the money's still on the table. Peter has to beat a 17, or the money stays in the pot. Oh, box. yeah. This is, imp this is impossible. Fucking re-roll that cocked ass. Look at that shit, it's sitting in a pile of dice. Re-roll that. Come on, it's a 20. <laughs> Fucking, it's not a 20, it's on like halfway on its side. Damn it. Oh my god, that's an 8. <laughs> <sighs> so, I mean, do you have to go in? Can everybody am... Am I mean, if you run out of money, you can fail. <laughs> I'm not gonna run out of money. So. <laughs> but we're betting. We're betting. What and Peter bets. So, so Peter, if you want to stay in, you've got to throw another ten in. I'm a degenerate. So yeah, we're doing it. Oh my god. All right. So we are up to a grand total of 120 gold in this game, and we're gonna start back over again with Twisty. You're back in the fucking game. You gotta beat a 10. Eight. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <sighs> Holy shit. Uh, oh my god. Hot Pockets Paul has gotta beat a 10. Oh my god! That's a fucking nine. Hot Pockets <laughs> is out right away. Oh man. Everybody's just intimidated by the amount of gold that's in there. Peter, you gotta beat a 10. That's a seven. What? <laughs> we start back over. That's an eight. What? <laughs> Jeez. Oh. Fucking pony that's up, dude. That's another Jesus. 10 gold if you want to get in on it. Yeah, I I still got like 70 gold left, so I can do this another seven times. <laughs> All right. Oh. Wow, this is uh, this is significant, much more than I thought it would be. So, I We're mean, are we starting to get like a crowd now going around? Oh, I mean, for show. The night you've, crowd show is kind yeah, of showing yeah. up here. You've got like, you've got a bunch of the Fox children. There's maybe even some like other adults here. Uh, and like, they're looking at... Because think about like uh, think about gold coins from ye olden days, right? I mean, they're not like they're they're like two or three times as thick as a quarter and probably pretty big. And you've got a hundred and sixty of these piled up in the center, and a bunch of kids playing like you know this weird knuckle bones game, and one adult <laughs> who's totally, <laughs> totally normal. Cool. Everything's it's totally it's normal. normal. Not weird. Yeah. 
<clears throat> Everything go around, he sticks his hand in the air. You see my hands? Okay, let's do this. All right, here we are. Here we are. We are essentially on round four. The original money is still in the pot. We have 160 gold coins piled up between one adult, a bunch of urchins, and a bunch of bystanders. Twisty, give me the first roll. You got to beat a 10. Remember to add your modifier. Two. <laughs> Man, apparently the, the kids have been drinking tonight. I throw my corkscrew at the dice. <laughs> Just puts it in half and sticks in the ground. Oh, that's a good, good move. They got to get another one out, but Hot Pocket is ready to go. Hot Pocket Paul rolls a... Ooh, Hot Pocket Paul rolls a 16. That puts us over to Peter. You've got to beat an 11 to stay in this game. That's a 18. 18 mm-hmm. fucking right. Elbows is feeling the crowd. He's whipping his trench coat back and forth behind him and does the roll. That would be a 13. You just barely get by by the skin of your teeth. Hot Pockets. Gotta beat a 13. Hot Pockets gets a 15 and stays in the game. Over to Peter. Need to beat a 14. Nope. I got an 11. Oh, abject failure. Over to Elbows. Gotta beat a 14. With all flash, he does a spin. 10. Oh! Shit. Okay, it's back over to Hot Pocket to see. <sighs> Fucking Hot Pocket. And Hot Pocket Paul, keep the game rolling. Oh, come and fucking look at it, boys. That's a 23. Hot Pocket walks away with all that fucking money. It weighs about as much as he does. I know who I'm rolling. <laughs> I punch Hot Pocket in the face <laughs> because he's much smaller than I am. <laughs> Do you really want to punch Hot Pocket? Because this is one of the only games in town. No, but I'm visibly pissed off. And I, <laughs> I storm off like a baby. Are you going to gonna leave right there? Yeah. You don't want to play again? No, I've lost like almost half of my money tonight. <laughs> Look at the baby. <laughs> yeah, all the kids are making fun of me. Yeah. Baby, baby, Look at the baby. Look at the baby. The, they're all doing that like high elbow crying gesture. Yep. Like, did you lose your money, baby? <laughs> Uh, look at the grown adult who won't be able to pay his mortgage. <laughs> What's wrong? You got big boy tears. They're busting out all the words like, Oh, do you have your alimony to pay? <laughs> at least I get to sleep in a bed. <laughs> oh, look at you with your responsibilities. Mm. Are you going to go home and ask for more money from your mom? <laughs> At least I know my mom. Hey, Bart, play me a song about being a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Do those bagpipes know any songs about being a loser? I'm I'm totally just kidding. Peter, come back next week.
Campaign 2, Episode 36, Business Time, was released on August 23rd, 20 and 20. From all of us here, we would like to thank you for your business time. Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! That seemed like a dangerous amount of effort for that little return. It was, uh... Not hard pushing, but a like a lengthy pushing. Was the juice worth the squeeze? <laughs> 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 a gross application of that phrase. Yeah. 